What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, thousands of asylum seekers are facing mass evictions. What to do with 10 blocks of public land under the red line? And if you need some Chicago advice, hey, the CityCast team got your back. Here with me to break it all down is executive producer Simone Alisea. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Morning, Simone. How you feeling, G? I'm okay. How are you, Jacoby? I'm doing good. I'm still riding off that Packers loss. I'm not even for the <laughs> lie to you. I'm not even for the hold you. It's going to push me through this week. I was going to push me through this week. Every Tuesday, if you're new to CityCast Chicago, the, the team sits down and we look at uh, some stories that we're, we're paying attention to the news, some things we saw viral on social media. Uh, but we also talk about some stories that are populating our newsletter, Hey Chicago, as well. And Simone, let's start with a story we've been talking about for almost two years now. And this is a story when we think about the over, what, 30,000 migrants and asylum seekers that have made their way to Chicago in the last year and a half. It's one of those stories that it feels like every day, every week, there is maybe small updates or suddenly major changes. And now in the next week, it feels like we're at one of those watershed moments that a year, two years from now, we will talk about the decisions made in late January, early February, 2024, because now, uh, those asylum seekers who have been staying at city shelters are slated to face their first evictions starting next week at the top of February because of a limit on shelter stays imposed by the Johnson administration. And like almost everything that has taken place throughout this last year and a half, there are tons of confusion. Simone, what are the details? We know that the initial date got pushed back because of those below zero temperatures, but now the city is saying February 1st. Right. So so just to kind of get the timeline here, uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson announced this uh, limit on shelter stays, the 60-day limit back in November. And the idea was basically that if you put a timeline on shelter stays, that will hopefully put pressure, encourage uh, folks to get some kind of permanent housing lined up to get out of the shelter so that more people can come in, you free up beds. Now, when this announcement was made, the city was still planning on building those big tent encampments that never happened. Mm -hmm. uh, the state had also and is, has continued to kick in some extra money um, to on that rehousing front, right, to help uh, migrants find housing. There are plans to build, to, to provide more shelter beds, but the details of that still haven't become clear. And as you mentioned, we had those frigid temperatures, so the deadline for that uh, the first round of, of evictions, that 60-day limit coming up has been extended twice to February 1st. By the numbers, we're looking at some 2,800 people facing eviction from these shelters next week and potentially more than 6,000 
uh, people by the end of the month. The mayor's office says they told Block Club Chicago that they are finalizing changes to this policy, the 60 day Mm -hmm. policy. But we're still waiting for more info that's supposed to come uh, in in the next few weeks or so. But basically what what migrants and advocates are, are saying is that, like, this is really confusing. We don't know. We don't know where we're supposed to go. We're getting these notices. Some of us are getting notices. Some of us are not getting notices. People are rightfully going to be saying, hey, I just got here and I got to face 60 days. But there, there are some folks who've been here for months and it shows because they are still using the temporary shelter facilities that it's not easy to get a work visa. It's not easy to get into more permanent or even temporary housing. And I understand the city is trying to make clear, like a sort of plan, a framework, right. something that you tell people when they arrive, this is the system. This is where you can go for processing. This is where you can go for educational resources. This is where you can go for for work resources. And this is what the limit is. But again, everything has felt so uh, rushed in a sense that we're announcing a plan that we don't have a a true framework for. It's creating more problem because what did they say? That people who are evicted then have to sort of start the process over back at the processing. Yeah, you go back to the processing site and you reapply for shelter, which you can imagine if you're somebody who is, you know, struggling to get permission to work in this country, let alone Hmm. find the job, which is hard, like, Again, frankly, hard for everybody right now. Why make me go through that process again uh, and potentially just to maybe get a bed and like, you know, why not just let me stay here? And then I think the timing of it, too, uh, is another issue that people like, why do this during January and February, the absolute coldest time of the year? Which we like, that's one of the, the thing they said when they were proposing to build these winterized base camps. It's like, hey, winter is coming. We cannot have people outside. We cannot have people wondering where they can get shelter. And then as that was breaking down, they say also during January and February, we're going to start kicking people out and having them restart the entire process, which is, again, understand that room is running out, that tensions are running high. But that's the exact problem you said you wanted to avoid at all costs. And now you've also, too, the Chicago Sun-Times spoke to some advocates and folks in New York, which imposed a similar 60-day policy. And they said that is basically what happened, is (laughs) this policy went into effect, folks were evicted from shelters, and now they have more people living on the streets. Basically, what what some of these advocates from New York are saying are like, brace for chaos. Like, it Mm -hmm. is going to be... Uh, even more confusing and more chaotic. And according to that same Sun-Times article, since New York implemented their own uh, limit on shelter stays, 23,000 people have sort of been forced to relocate. And a lot of those people, Illinois is the top flight destination for asylum seekers leaving New York. I, I am curious to see, you know, again, the mayor's office says there's changes coming to this policy. What are those changes going to be? Are we going to hear more about these, you know, adding more shelter beds? What is the new shelter plan? Next week, I think, is going to be a really, really key, as you said, a key moment um, in this as we see how the city responds. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. 
As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. To our second story of the day, uh, Simone, up in your neighborhood, construction has continued on the red line, uh, both between Uptown and Edgewater. And now the CTA and the city are trying to bring community members in to say, hey, what are we going to do with the new public space that's created under these tracks? I believe there's at least 10 blocks of open land and they're, they're making proposals. You know, should we create a bike lane? Should we, you know, bring in extra parks and more community space? And so now people have an opportunity to have their voice heard, what they think should be done with this. Uh, so that kind of got you and I thinking, you know, how would we use the space under the tracks? But also as we think about these projects moving forward, you know, the, the hope is, is more tracks are improved. You know, the red line extension on the far south side, there, there are opportunities that more community space is going to be created. W what do you think they should do with it? So basically what's happening is like the embankment wall that uh, was, you know, used for these tracks when they with the new tracks, they don't need it. And so it, mm -hmm. it opens up this big old space uh, under the red line tracks. And the CTA says this is the first time that the agency sort of has an opportunity to create some kind of green space, public space, you know, something to, to be done here. The CTA put out a few renderings of some of the stuff they're thinking about, you know, things like a jungle gym, a basketball court, uh, but also like tables that you could sit at to eat. Um, and I think if, you know, they have limits on what they can and can't do. There's also talk about potentially putting in parking, which I'm sure people will have different opinions about. It's not. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> I don't know no. if it's how I want to like my first choice for using public space, but I get the concept. If it's partnered with like you open up parking under these stops and then so we're converting parking on the street to better, more efficient bike lanes to more efficient bus only lanes. Right. That's the thing. If we're going to take parking off the street. But if it's just parking for parking sake, you out your goddamn mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not my favorite. Not my favorite idea um, as far as when we get new space available. Uh, let's let's make something out of it. That said, on all the renderings, one like there's only one of the renderings that like pictures what it could look like in the winter. Because um, mm. a lot of this is like out, you know, this is all outdoor space. And so I think anything that can kind of be used all year round, whether that is sort of anything that can be covered or can you bring heaters out? I would love to see any kind of place for local business incubation, retail, shopping, like some something where I could like, you know, really kind of get to know neighbors and stuff like, I don't know, like if we're going to walk along something, I don't just want to walk and see pretty things. I, I you know, mm -hmm. I want to I want to be able to 
to do some stuff, buy some stuff even. I think a good potential model is Boxville mm-hmm. over off the 51st Green Line stop in Bronzeville. And it's this, like you said, local business incubation where they've taken former shipping containers and sort of, you know, created small little businesses. There was a small museum in one. There was uh, the hot dog box, which moved up to the northwest side. That's where they got their original start. There small little jewelry stores. There was a, a vegan restaurant in one of them. And so it, it just became an opportunity to where I'm, I'm going to have to pass by this. If I'm getting on or off of this stop, this is a perfect place potentially to sort of meet customers where they are at. Um but also when I was looking at some of these renders, the basketball court looked amazing. Mm-hmm. But there were a few that like just the idea of how to use the bottom of the the train oh, the tracks track itself. Like yeah. one made it kind of look like the reflective material you'd see on the bean. So it's sort of like a mirror as you were walking. Another that could one, get very trippy very fast, though. Very trippy, very fast. Uh, another one kind of looked similar to that kind of lightscape you see at O'Hare when you're going on the uh, sort of walk past, the walkways. Uh, so th- it's a very uh, cool idea. I think this, when people think about sort of evolving public space? How do we think about infrastructure improvement, neighborhood change, and including space to sit down, to have fun, to meet up? This, These are the kind of ideas people want to see. And this is, as you look through the mockings, it, it's very cool to see public art next to public entertainment, uh, next to some like some cool artistic aesthetics, um, all, all underneath the red line. Well, and it's cool, too, because if you come up here, there are there's already so much art, mm-hmm. on, you know, around the red line, uh, particularly like between Lawrence and Wilson. And so I think it would just be like a great extension of that. I would also I don't know how you would do this with the sound, but it would be cool to have like a performance space, you know, where you can like have oh. buskers come in and like, you know, again, with the noise of the train. Maybe it can be, mm-hmm. I don't know, so, uh, some some engineer designer out there who is smarter than I am maybe can figure out how to make it work. You know, early, I, I sent you this, uh, the new Wilco video mm-hmm. uh, where they shot a whole video inside of the rink. Um, and, you know, I didn't grow up necessarily knowing who Wilco was, grew up skating. So this video kind of seemed like the the marriage of two different Chicagos in some way. <laughs> but seeing a roller rink underneath the the red line on the north side i think would be a a a cool aesthetic from you know the the kind of pictures i could get from that and maybe they could turn it into an ice rink in the winter i don't know come on right again someone who is smarter than me must be able to figure this out i i have to imagine if you want to check out the renderings or you know get your voice heard on what you think check the link in the show notes for more information Before we get out of here in our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, we are starting up an occasional segment where you ask us the Chicago questions you need advice on and we find you some answers. Yes, I could have just said we're starting up an advice column, but, you know, I want to explain it out a little bit. Uh, And we already got one. Reader Ruby S. emailed us on behalf of her sons who are in a band wanting to know how can up and coming musicians book gigs across the city uh, Simone, you know, you don't play in a band or nothing, but you you know, you like live music. You like going out to see people play. What, what would be your advice for somebody? Yeah, it was funny when we got this question because all of us on the team were like, well, none of us are musicians. Can <laughs> we can we actually answer this question? Um, and I think the sort of right off the bat, the first thing all of us were like, well, go to shows. 
go to shows that where people who play your kind of music are playing and go network and go talk to them, go meet them. One of our colleagues, Caroline Patton, a marketing manager at CityCast, um, you know, runs the Chicago show calendar and is out at shows all the time. We tapped her uh, for some advice and she mentioned, you know, finding local showcase nights, places like Empty Bottle, Sleeping Village um, will do shows that are explicitly about you know, showcasing local acts one right after the other, uh, getting to know the DIY scene. You know, if you make friends whose music you like, can you guys go, you know, put up a show in your, in an apartment or in another coffee shop that you, that you've got ties to? Um, I, I think that is sort of the, the biggest thing. My advice would be maybe do put the instruments down for a second and go to more live Chicago storytelling. I'm going to tell you why, uh, as somebody in the community, I would think that most of the Chicago storytelling really is just about giving people a place to get up, uh, to talk about about themselves, the things they're interested in. But if you're a performer and you're looking for potentially much larger crowds than you may get at an open mic, if I'm thinking about grown folk stories, which is routinely held in the promontory, this is an opportunity to maybe perform in front of 100, 150 people telling a story. But also what you'll notice is while you're there, there may be other people who are telling stories about being musicians. You might also find uh, other people who play instruments at these storytelling events. I remember the stoop held out at Rosa's Lounge on the west side. They often had a live band playing as well. And so it, like, if, if you can sort of get into the storytelling community, you'll often get sort of more times than not either free or very cheap opportunities to perform in front of a lot of people on a stage, right? The Promontory is a place that hosts live music. If you want to go to like The Moth, which is often hosted at Lincoln Hall, a place where live music is hosted. Um, and so easy way to get on stage. And then you can meet people. The host of Grown Folk Stories, Lawrence Binky Tofrey, is a comedian. He is a musician. He hosts open mics and sort of uh, live music uh, events inside of his his art space like going out to these shows you can also meet the kind of people who can put you on point you in the right directions and that's the other thing too is there are a lot of you know variety shows in Chicago where you might find that, you know, a comedian or a storyteller wants an, a band to open, right? Wants mm -hmm. some kind of music opener, right? That's another. Or Closer, the Not That Late mm -hmm. show, which I just did uh, with the homies up north. Uh, they they finish every show with uh, uh, a local Chicago band. And then the last tip, I think that is a really good one that uh, that Caroline mentioned is making sure that you have your music somewhere for people to uh, to see, whether that's Bandcamp, whether it's on social media. You know, somebody's got to be able to look you up and actually hear what you what you sound like if they're going to book you. Um, and actually making sure to like call and DM venues directly. Like mm -hmm. if you don't reach out to them, you don't know. If you got some Chicago questions or you need some some shy advice, maybe we can help you out. Check the link in our show notes where you can ask your questions or you can always leave us a voicemail or a text at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood and your question. And we got you. As always, I appreciate you. Executive producer Simone Ali Seyer for having my back. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, glad to be here. Before we let you go, some good news. 
We just spent all that time talking about open mics, so it's only right I give you one of my favorites. Respect the Mic, Chicago's most intimate open mic, is back for their first show of the year this Thursday from 7 to 9 p.m. at Positive Space Studios in Logan Square. As always, we appreciate you for listening, reading, subscribing to our newsletter, Hey Chicago, following the website. And if you really love us, becoming a member of CityCast Chicago by going to membership.citycast.fm. We're going to be back here bright and early tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Peace. We're going to be back bright and early tomorrow.